welcome to the Women With Fire podcast. I am Michelle Gifford. I am Sarah Allred. God is calling women around the world to stand up and make a difference. We call this your quest. God needs you. Learn from other women who are navigating their own quests. And through this podcast, light that fire as you embark upon your own. Let's do this. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another episode of the Women With Fire podcast. This is going to be a good one because I'm sitting across the screen from one of my favorite people. Her name is Brooke, the female foodie. Yes, I almost said your last name, but then I got a little bit timid, but it's Elison. <laughs> is that true? Elison. Elison. Ah. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's fine. No one says it right, so it's totally fine. But welcome, Brooke. We're so glad that you're here. She is the founder of Female Foodie, which is the most dangerous Instagram feed there is, except your mom's. It's yours and your mom's Instagram feed. I can't look at nine o'clock at night. You make me so hungry. That's a huge compliment. And thank you so much, Michelle, for having me here. I am honored and thrilled to be here. Well, we're rounding out. You don't have any more sisters, do you? No. No. <laughs> it's been <laughs> because I've I've interviewed your mom and your sister and Corinne. And uh-huh. I've been meaning, I mean, like we've been trying to get together for quite some time about this yes. interview. So it's yes. it's time. So will you kind of tell us about what you do? Tell us about female foodie, how it got started, and now you've got you've had some big things happen this year. So tell us kind of the background. Let's just jump into it. Yeah. So I'm Brooke, like you said, Brooke Elison, and I am married to Cody Elison and I have a baby now. He's 10 and a half months old. His name's George. And so I'm a new mom, but I started Female Foodie long before George and Cody were part of my life. I actually started Female Foodie as a blog first and then jumped on the social media train, which is actually which really propelled things for me. So I have a definite appreciation and gratitude for social media, but I started Female Foodie in 2010 as a food like review log slash blog of just the things I was eating, kind of like back in the day when people would blog about what their family was doing that week, I would blog about what I was eating that week. So (laughs) that's kind of where it started, but it was really slow and I was still in school and I honestly probably posted like once a month at best. So very low key, but definitely something I have always really enjoyed, just food and food photography, eating out. Like you said, my mom blogs about food as well, but she like cooks and produces recipes. So she inspired the food photography and just the passion and love for food over my life. And then I just, I think that when I was at school and you know, working in different places in the summertime, I got really obsessed with spending all my spare money on eating out. It's just a good good place to throw your money. So yeah, so I, social media was a big game changer for me. I jumped on Instagram in, gosh, probably like 2013, 2014. And then that was what kind of brought like community into it. And I felt like, okay, my, the things that I'm sharing here are actually beneficial to people. And um, a lot of that content started in Salt Lake. And then after Cody and I got married, he encouraged me to bring on contributors and 
which is really cool because then we can serve more people in different areas. Um, and then fast forward to today, Female Foodie is an online community where we share restaurant recommendations across the country. And the main goal is to share unbiased reviews that you can trust so that you don't have to have mediocre food. I love it. Yes. I love it. I want you to come to the Inland Empire and do one. Or may will you do that? Just come hang out with me for a few weeks. We'll yes. go. We'll, okay, good. Okay. Once I realized <laughs> that you, like, I think the first time we met in person, you were wearing a taco shirt. <laughs> And I feel like that's when we really connected was when I realized that your love of tacos was the same as my love of tacos. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I, what does I it still say? It's, what does it say on it? It says, I'm into fitness, fitness taco in my mouth. <laughs> yes. yes, that's exactly what it says. And I wear it working out as often as I can just because, just because I'd rather just be eating a taco. <laughs> Hey, me too. I had a taco today. So yeah. So I guess that I introduced kind of the general female foodie concept. Yeah. I love it. So when did you know, because you kind of, you know, we're kind of just dabbling in it and then it's big time, but what, when did you know that this could be like a thing? Like this wasn't just like something you just did. Oh man. Honestly, like when did I know it would be something bigger than just a hobby? So yeah. Yeah. I think when I noticed people were coming to my website and like the growth of social media for sure. So I, I would say the two of those things like growing an Instagram account specifically and then getting people on my website. And I just was kind of shocked that people kept coming back and they kept coming back. But that was probably in the year. So Cody and I got married in 2015 and that's when I started consistently posting on my blog, like, very frequently. So I would say like 2015, 2016, right before I brought on contributors, that's when I was like, okay, this could be a real thing. And then ever since then, I've tried to really just build on it, just slow and steady every month. And when we moved to, we spent a year in Texas, when we moved there, I kind of transitioned a little more into like less work as a therapist. I'm a speech language pathologist. And so I still worked clear up until I had my baby, but I wasn't working as much, not truly like full time. I was working PRN or per diem for those people who know what that means. It's just kind of, um, I made my schedule and would work that as much as I could, but it still allowed me to do a lot of my blog. And then once we had our baby George in June last year, I really wanted to be able to stay home with him, but I still like had this itch of, uh, I like my blog and I feel I just felt like it was a really good creative outlet for lack of a better term. You know, I love building it. I love feeling like I am doing something that really challenges me. So I'm still trying to figure out my balance. You've been figuring it out for a while. It's yeah. just, <laughs> oh, man, I know, I know it's going to be a hard thing, but what I've, but, but anyway, to answer your question, now it's a really cool opportunity because I get to stay home with my baby, but we go out to eat at a new restaurant every day together, which is really fun. And when he's napping or when it's bedtime, I get to work on female food and continue to build that with my team. So do you go out and eat every day? Every single day. What? Yeah. This Except is for the Sundays, best. Of course. <laughs> this is the best life ever. <laughs> yeah. It is a great life. <laughs> well, before we started traveling full time, I didn't go out every day. I probably went out like three to four times a week, which still is a lot, but. 
Yeah. So let's talk about that. You are now traveling full time, right? And so mm -hmm. when did that start and why did you decide to do that? So we, Cody and I decided to, we were kind of at a crossroads after we had lived in Austin for a year. We moved down there, um, felt really good about it. And then after George was born, probably about nine months into our stay there. And then our lease was about to be renewed or we, <laughs> we weren't going to renew our lease because let's be honest, we didn't like the rental house that we were staying in. But that's <laughs> a story. But we were at a point where we had to decide like, what are we doing? Are we going to find another place in Austin? And we just kept coming back to this idea of travel and Cody works remotely for a company. It's a tech startup. It's called study soup, but they're based out of San Francisco and he loves his job. He's worked with them for a long time. And so we just decided this is only going to get harder. We're probably going to have more kids. So we decided to just, we sold almost all of our stuff. We did keep a few things. Cody <laughs> loaded up a trailer and drove to Utah with his brother. And I flew to Utah with George yeah, and then did. we put everything in storage. And then in October, we spent um, our first month in Montana just for fun um, but then once we left Montana, we really dug into some great foodie cities. We spent a month in Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles. We did a big like foodie trip to Disneyland and then a month in San Diego. We spent a couple of weeks in Phoenix and now we're back in the land of milk and honey for a couple months. So <laughs> we have some fun travel plans coming up, but we can't quite share them yet because we're still nailing down the details. So. I love it. I love it. So did you, so when you decided to do this, what did you have like reservations? Did you have like a confirmation that like, this is what you're supposed to do? Or was it like just following your gut and this is what we're doing? Honestly, we, Cody and I both separately long before this idea came up, we both kind of thought of some different variations of this trip. For example, we talked about um, doing like a, an RV type of trip. <laughs> which in hindsight, I'm like, oh gosh, there's no way we could have pulled it off. There's logistical nightmares involved. But we talked about that. Like, let's do an RV type of trip and go around the country. Anyway, we talked, we talked a few different times about this, but we just kind of kept coming back to it. And the reason we almost didn't do it is because it just didn't feel very logical. It didn't feel very like safe or secure in that it's not what most people are doing. So I think that we just kind of felt like we were being pushed we're doing this and we don't know exactly the reason for that yet but we do know that we're learning so much we're growing as a family we're of course able to grow my business and we've made some really amazing memories and learned a lot so it's been a really good experience oh i think it's for sure i i think it's so fun like because you only have you have one kid and you're you know he can he can move you can pick him up and move it's so fun so i think it's a great idea I'm sad that you went to, you went all around Riverside where I live. <laughs> no. Next time, it's I fine. Know. Just put that on my trip. You can. <laughs> we know we have, we have so many places. I think travel is such a good and a bad thing. It's good because you mm -hmm. got to see places, but the more you travel, the more you're like, well, we need to check out this place. I know. <laughs> so it's just a bug. We have it. We'll be back. I love it. I know. Okay. Okay. So she's coming back. That's good. Yeah. And then we can. Talk about where we can eat. That's it. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> so, how has this transition been for you from like working and blogger and to motherhood? How how do you feel like that's been? 
Oh man, honestly, the the transition just from working um, as a therapist in hospitals to blogging, that's been a fun transition. It's a little challenging because it's up to you to figure out a way to like make your income and figure out how you're going to make money every single month and how you're going to strategically spend, um, which are not strengths of mine. Cody's way better at that. So thankfully he's really talented at budgeting and finance and I've been able to have him kind of help me make a good sustainable plan for my business. But that's been like a fun challenge for me just to try to increase my revenue and do things where I feel like I have less of a need to work in that corporate world and more of an ability to work from home, especially with a baby. But I'll be totally honest, the transition from just being a married person to having a baby was so hard for me. And I didn't think it would be as hard for me as it was, but you're a mom. So I feel like once you're like, you've experienced it, it's easier to understand, but I'm someone who considers myself a really hard worker. I'm a coper. I feel like I've done a lot of hard things in my life and I had no idea what I was getting to. So <laughs> I, like, I, I was so ready to be done being pregnant and I had an easy pregnancy, but I was like, bring it on, bring on the sleepless nights, bring on this kid. And about a week into it, I was like, wow, I really miss being pregnant. <laughs> Because then I could just like not breathe. <laughs> now exactly. I have to take care of this baby. Having a baby, your first baby is so hard. It's so hard. It's like, it's, it obviously is life-changing, but yeah, it's one of those things that you think you're prepared for and then you're not. <laughs> no, no book, no podcast, no like blog post can prepare you. And, and I say that too, with gratitude, obviously having a baby has changed my life in amazing ways and the phrase that I heard a lot is so true it's the hardest thing I've ever done but the best thing I've ever done that's completely how I feel but it just and, and my baby slept great from very early on he was sleeping through the night at three months even at a month he only got up once at night to feed he just cried a lot mm-hmm. and I had no idea how mentally exhausting that would be to me So I think I didn't, and, and honestly too, bringing it back to my sister, her kids don't cry a lot (laughs) and it doesn't make sense, but I think I looked at her kids and I was like, well, my kids will be like Quinn's kids and her kids are so mellow, so good. And my baby just, he cried a lot for about seven or eight weeks. And so, yeah, it just, it was, it's been a really humbling, but really good learning experience for me. Let's just take a little break because we want to give you access to our most requested bonus episodes straight to your inbox. We have never shared these episodes before digitally. Michelle's famous talk, God is speaking to you. Do you hear him? And guess what? You also get Sarah's crucial talk called Satan is at the white. I'm just telling you, these are very good. (laughs) They are huge resources to give you a vision and confidence in making decisions with the Lord, which is what we're trying to do, right? Grab the bonus episodes now at thewomenwithfire.com slash bonus. Now back to the podcast. 
So how do you feel? I mean, if you'll, if you can share, but like, how do you feel you, we have a lot of moms listening, a lot of people who understand this, this moment and having kids that are hard and babies that are hard. Um, how do you feel like you got through it? Is it just like a, you just get up and every day and you do it, or do you feel like that there's something that you could share about that? Yeah, I'll share anything I can, anything <laughs> that will help someone out there. First and foremost, truly daily prayer is the one thing that I felt I just clung to. And full disclosure, I've always been, at least not always, but like in the past few years or for my adult life, I should say, I'm pretty good at like scripture study, consistent scripture study. I feel like I've I, at, at least at the point my baby was born, I was at a point where I could recognize, oh, I need this. I need my scripture study, especially in the beginning of the day. It sets the tone. This is first priority. Like I read my scriptures, it gets done. And then the rest of my day seems to fall into place. But I hadn't developed quite the same testimony of daily prayer, especially morning prayers. And I've, it's always been something I've just not been good at. It's so easy. It is the easiest thing in the world, but it's a habit. And I think it takes a long time to form that habit. And for me, it took just a really hard experience to get in the habit. So for me, honestly, the biggest thing was just prayer. And I, I'm even like scared to say this out loud, but I haven't had to go through a lot of like really just heartbreaking things in my life. So I haven't had like um, the death of a close family member or just things that truly would rock your world haven't gone through anything like that. But this for me was something where I woke up and honestly, it was kind of like that Sunday night blues feeling. I don't know if you've ever <laughs> had a job where you're like, maybe you've experienced this with your children. But <laughs> I would wake up and just be kind of like, oh my gosh, here we go again. And I feel bad saying that, but it's, it's the truth. It's how I felt. I just would wake up and hear my baby crying and just feel so overwhelmed and so exhausted and so mentally exhausted and just so just overwhelmed and and kind of dreading the day ahead of me and so I just really quickly got in the habit of praying every morning and I would just pour my heart out and say like heavenly father help me to get through this day and that I just want like you to know and anyone listening, like that is not my personality. I am so like a, I'm going to be fine. Let's go. Let's take on the day. And, and this was just really a mindset for me, but prayer for sure was the number one thing that I just clung to. And I could definitely feel the effect of it. If I prayed, if I got on my knees in the morning and said a prayer, I felt the added strength throughout my whole day. Um, so that was the number one thing. I think the number two thing that helped me the most was talking to women who have had children. And that seems very basic, but I feel such a bond with other moms now that I didn't anticipate, which is a really powerful and incredible thing. I think that I was actually just listening to President Nelson's talk from the previous conference where he talks about women and how we're, we're needed and we're a force for good together and that's how I feel that mothers just universally are together we're in this together we're not going through this alone and there's so much power in what um, one mother helping another mother can bring into your life and I'm really fortunate I had 
my mom and sister at my beckoning call. I mean, I would just share the smallest things, but like to me in the moment, they were really hard. <laughs> like my baby, you know, just the things when you have a newborn and you, Google can't help you. Like, <laughs> like I would ask my sister, like, can I just let him cry for like 10 minutes and put him in his crib? And she'd be like, yes, you can. And I know that's like kind of a controversial subject. So, but there were just little things like that, that like Google didn't have an answer for, or I needed someone to like, tell me like eight times, yes, your baby's going to be fine. You can do this or try this or whatever. And so I just felt like talking to my mom, my sister, friends, that was a huge, huge help for me. Just feeling like I can do this every day and then I think to just taking it a day at a time which is also very counterintuitive to my personality type I'm so like I'm always planning a year in advance weeks months I wanted to be like and I do credit social media positively in the regard that I didn't feel like I needed to like you know, bounce back or I did feel this really great um, encouragement from everyone to just like embrace this season. But my personality was like, oh, I'm like four months ahead. Let's go. Let's get out of the house. Let's get back to exercising. But truly, I think I hit a point where I was like, this is a one day at a time thing. Like I cannot control how this baby, I tried to control it. <laughs> this is a control <laughs> issue is what it really is. <laughs> I did control my baby's happiness by getting like, I mean, I tr we tried like all the reflux meds. I tried all the colic medications or like herbal medicines. I tried, gosh, we tried so many things. I would like sing to my baby for hours, balance him on yoga balls, give him hot baths and massages. Like we did everything. But at the end of the day, instead of trying to fix it, I just kind of like embraced it and realized this is a one day at a time thing. So I would say those are the three main things that just kind of, I put my head down and just tried to like focus and embrace those things. Any mom who's had a colicky baby is like, yes, I am Ugh. so sorry. <laughs> it's just so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. So we get it. But I, I love, um, I love your responses, because I think that those are a lot of times the answer to anything, right? Is because I was thinking about, like, I have a friend who's going through a really hard thing with her baby and, and also just some other people who are going through some hard times. And it's like, if we are reading our scriptures and we turn to women, right? Good women who can help mm -hmm. us and who've gone before. So, and if you've already figured that out now, right? Your, your motherhood, it's going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, and to be honest too, like I, like now at 10 months, it's really pretty fun for me. I really yeah. enjoy being a mom. I don't have those same, I definitely don't wake up every day feeling like, Oh, another day. I, I enjoy it. It's a very different season, but I'm scared to have another kid because I look back on those. <laughs> like, that was really hard. And of course worth everything but but yeah hopefully hopefully next time will be a little easier and what I've heard from a lot of a lot of moms have told me the transition to one kid is harder than the transition to two three even like four children so yeah it's true you're gonna be fine it's gonna be, <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be awesome so talk to me about some things that I want to know about your your like growing female foodie and becoming a mother and just how you feel like God's been a part of that whole thing because it's a whole thing so 
because you probably didn't think you were going to be female foodie when you were little, right? But you've kind of oh. seen God shape where you are now. So I would love to see or hear how you've seen him in the process. Definitely. Um, that's such a great question. I just feel in general that God has been a part of this process in that he's giving me an opportunity to reach more people and share the gospel with them. And I feel like that kind of manifests in different ways. So a lot of it is, first of all, just the most obvious, which is speaking to people on a platform, especially on Instagram. That's where people I'm connecting most with people. I have a lot of people like coming to my blog and I have other ways I communicate with people, but Instagram is the most visible, tangible way that people connect with me. And I, something I've actually been striving to do more of is just, just be completely just proud of what I believe in and sharing it without reservations. And that's why I loved Elder Uchtdorf's talk. Um, this last conference, it was so good. And I love that he just talked about, if you went to church on Sunday, talk about it. If you went to the temple this weekend, talk about it. If you, you know, whatever that is. And we have so many of those, you, you know, as members of the church, we have so many things throughout our week that we're doing as members to show devotion to our faith and to serve. And I, I feel like it's been kind of an evolution for me. Um, I don't feel like there was like one moment where I changed. And I do credit that too, to my mom and sister. They're both just rock star examples of sharing the gospel online. And so I, in that way, I feel like I've been really, um, I've benefited from them kind of just being great examples to me. But I think that, you know, the most, like I was saying, the most obvious way is I share a lot about my life online. So I, especially in Instagram stories, I talk a lot about, our routines throughout the day. I actually did, um, I had a ton of questions from people that were wondering, what is your life like on the road? What is your daily routine? And so I like get on there and I'm like, okay, here's what I do. I wake up, I pray, I read my scriptures. And it's certainly like, even, even though I've been trying to practice this for a while, it's still not easy to do that. Just because I think for the, the soul fact that I don't want to offend anyone. I don't want to make anyone feel isolated, but this kind of brings it back to President Uchter. Is it president or elder? Gosh. Well, now he's elder. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've he's always a president to me. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm just like, my mind is kind of confused, but yeah. yeah, but my, I mean, I just keep going back to that talk, but I'm trying to just be so true about sharing, you know, my authentic self on there. So um, that's a more obvious way. And then I think to another way I've been able to share the gospel of mine is with my content. Food is so intertwined with alcohol mm. and coffee. And I'm so grateful, but really early on, I decided I'm not going to go there. And I have, I have contributors that aren't members of our faith. They're incredible women, but they believe different things. And they're not members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And it definitely is sometimes challenging for me to explain like, well, here's why we don't integrate like the, the pairings. Like we're not going to talk about the pairings of different wines that are offered with all these different courses or, 
yeah, maybe this one restaurant has like 50 different draft beers, but we're not going to talk about that. And it's allowed me to, first of all, like share my beliefs with my contributors and talk about the word of wisdom and what I believe there, but it also has given me an opportunity to kind of set a tone um, online with my readers. And that's where I get more traction than anywhere else is on my website. And so my hope is that even though I'm just sharing restaurant recommendations, that by not making it really focused on like alcohol or even coffee, that people know the type of person that I am and the type of platform that I've kind of created. Does that answer the question? I love that because like I hadn't really realized that just because I know you and so I wasn't expecting like uh, alcohol or tea or coffee or anything, but I, but it does make you stand out like it does. And it, and it also is a safe place for people too, you know, cause I think that that can lead down where you don't want to be right with. And so I love that, man, you foster girls <laughs> are the very best, the very uh, best. I feel like I've done the least in terms of just, I guess a better way to say it is I just look up to my mom and sister so much. They're so good at being bold about sharing things. And so I've tried to do the same. I've tried to share things about, you know, general conference keeps coming up because it just happened, but just like getting online and saying, guys, I'm watching general conference. Please come watch with me. And yeah, I do. I do feel like heavenly father knows the intents of my heart. He knows that my deepest desire more than sharing the best restaurants, which is a very deep desire of mine. (laughs) But, you know, I think, I think the heavenly father knows that I, my heart does melt at the, the thought of missionary work and sharing the gospel. And I recognize that one of the reasons we are so blessed is because we have the influence of the spirit in our home. And So if that means that I have to put myself out on the line a little bit and somehow make a connection between like food and my life and sharing a message about God or Jesus Christ, I feel like it's worth it because first of all, if one person can, can come to Christ through any kind of message I'm sharing, whether that's back to President Uchtdorf's talk, he talked about use words if or when necessary. He made some comment like that. Sometimes we use our words to talk about very explicit things, right? Like I'm listening to conference, come listening to come, come listen with me, or I'm reading the book of Mormon. You guys should check it out. Let me know if you have questions. But I do think a lot of the communication happens in our everyday choices. And so I think that first of all, there's an opportunity to share with people who we are through the things that we're the decisions we're making and how we're sharing that online. But secondly, something that I think is so, so powerful and an opportunity I've really, I've really noticed, especially in the past few months is that, and it kind of brings it back to the motherhood comment, but we're in this together. And every time I share something about the gospel, I get like a message from someone that says, thank you so much for sharing this. I'm a member of the church too. And, and they'll share something to the effect of like, it really encourages me to see this. And I feel the same way too. We're, and, and it's kind of just the same thing of motherhood where we're in this together. We have such a strong message to share about Jesus Christ and we can truly just build off of each other. The more that we share this message, 
the easier it's going to get for us to be able to to kind of stand together and and share it with boldness and confidence. I love it. I love it. It reminds me of um, Sister Eubanks' talk, right, where she talks about like how we can each be a light bulb in <laughs> the Christmas display yeah. at Temple Square that lead people to to the temple. And I think that's it. Like we don't have to worry about you know, baptizing anyone, but it's just actually just helping people feel Christ's love. Yes. That's, it doesn't have to be end result, anything. It's just that we're bringing them closer to Christ period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you are doing a fantastic job of it and, um, you're just a light on Instagram. It's, you're one of my favorites and it's very yummy too. <laughs> Thank you so much. So thank you so much for joining us, Brooke. I, you know, I love you and we are honored to have you finally on our podcast and we just love you. So you can find Brooke at the female foodie. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Yep. <laughs> female foodie, yep. On any, whatever it is, but mostly Instagram for social. Mostly Instagram. She's great. Yeah. Um, and is there any last words of wisdom you want to share with us? You feel like you got it. You gave us all your wisdom. Gosh. I just feel like kind of, you know, wrapping both notes up on motherhood and the gospel. I just really want to hit home to people that you're not alone and we are really all in this together. And I am, I know I keep talking about like my personality, but I'm not a good person at asking for help. And I think actually a lot of women are this way. We're not good at asking for help or we're not good at, we don't want to impose on other people or sometimes we just, don't, we don't want to be, we don't want to ask for help sometimes, or we don't want to open that part of ourselves. But I guess that the thing that I've learned over this last year is we're really, we're here for each other. We're in this together and with Christ, we can do anything. And so that it's simple message, but that's something I've really grown to know over this last year. I love it. I love it. That's a perfect note to end on. Um, Brooke, thanks again for joining us. Um, You are the absolute best. And thanks you guys for listening and we'll check you next week. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to the Women With Fire podcast. Your support means a lot to us. In fact, your support is what makes this podcast possible. If you want to connect more, with the guests we've had on our podcast and connect more with Sarah and Michelle, the creators of the Women With Fire podcast, find us on Instagram at The Women With Fire or find us in our Facebook group. Simply search Women With Fire and join the group. We'll see you there.